And so to end this reflective science show, another of the superstars of STEM who've lifted our spirits as we watch the standards decline in maths and science, especially in public schools, particularly with young men. The women in these fields have been remarkable achievers, as for instance we saw with the Bragg results the other week in the science show. Those awards for science writing have had all female finalists for at least the last four years. Here's Susan Beetson from the University of Queensland. Tell me, how much use is there of computer systems amongst Indigenous people right around the country? I don't actually have the statistics for that, but it's very high. We know that use of mobile phones is extremely high and the use of social media by Aboriginal peoples has a greater breadth and depth than any other peoples worldwide. Any other peoples worldwide? Yes, globally. How come? I think it's about connecting and Aboriginal people love to connect with each other and share where they are, what they're doing and because especially in Australia displacement and relocation of Aboriginal peoples it's great to be able to connect with those that have moved away from community. And how are you helping them develop that? I've used technologies in remote community to help children develop their own digital stories I've, alongside elders on cultural sites where they get to use the technologies and the various aspects of the technologies to capture the stories and tell their own stories and then create digital creations. What's to stop them actually just using it so many other young men especially do, who are not Indigenous, playing games, solitary entertainment? Well, I don't see that that's necessarily a problem, playing games solitary entertainment, whatever the use might be. If we're engaged in the technology, there's always some benefits that can come from that. I remember being asked not to include social media because it was damaging for children. And yet at the same time, I could see that children were using the technologies to communicate with each other, connect up and create opportunities that were beneficial for all of them. So it's how you look at those technologies. And I think if we understand that technology can be used for both good and bad, and if we focus on the good, then people will actually learn to choose. And how do you do that? Give an example. When you go to a place and find out that they're using it partly in a useful way, but an awful lot in a trash way. Then you engage with community and find out what community together develop a program that will help the youth or the older people or whoever it is. Tell me how that happened, how it worked actually when you went there. You don't have to name the place or the people, but what happened? Well, I always go somewhere I'm known. So I go to a community and I connect and meet up and we have some memories to share and stories to tell. And then over time, we connect again the next day for a meeting about the actual program that I might be thinking of or they might have asked me to come to community for. And then we talk about that program. And I simply say, I might say, I've got 10 computers. What do you want to do with these? Or I might say, I've got 10 laptops, 10 mobile phones. What do you want to do with these? Or there might be... Do you give them away? Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> but we want to keep track of those as well. So we want to know how they're being used, why they're being used, in the different ways they're being used, but you know, just for a short time, for like a 12-week program, perhaps. And so what's going to happen next in that field? How are you going to take it further? Well, what we're actually doing in the Baladong, Wajak, Nimba and Nunga communities in South Australia, Western Australia and remote New South Wales, we're looking at 
developing culture hubs that help us to teach technology and translate Indigenous knowledges into the computer systems and use Indigenous kinship systems as a way to identify the security and privacy of those knowledges and then Aboriginal archive methods to archive those systems. So we're actually designing and developing the systems for that and using Western technologies like NFTs and, you know, cryptocurrencies and blockchain to link to specific digital versions of knowledges so that whenever that knowledge is replicated, we can then look at ways to create economic independence for knowledge keepers and communities. A bit like the potentially multi-billion dollar business that the Indunjali Dindu mob in Camerwheel have created with the Spinifex project. I once went to Camerwheel when I was hitchhiking from North Sydney to Piccadilly. <laughs> I sat at Camerwheel with the, the road trains for three days. God, it's different. It's certainly a very different country. I'm from a remote community called Brewarina, or actually from Gungolgan, and Bumi Creek is my family connection. And it's a very red dirt. It's actually, my grandfather used to say, it's where the red dirt meets the black, which is a very fertile country. Where the red soil meets the black. Susan Beetson, based at the University of Queensland, a superstar of STEM, finishing our science show on the complete history of Australia, from Gondwana to useful tech in those remote communities.